Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Howl. You're listening to Dash Radio's. Nothing but net channel. Thank you for joining us again for another edition of The Howl. Unfortunately, we don't have a fun Iowa Wolves game to talk about. We have a Wolves game to talk about. Ends up being our sixth straight loss of the season. Well, it's not only six losses on the year, but six in a row, unfortunately, is where we're sitting at three and seven. This is, of course, the Wolves taking on the Warriors or in some instances, Wolves versus Wiggins, who had a fantastic game. We're going to break this one down. want to start out, though, with a stat that I found interesting. They showed during the telecast last night. I think um, when you watch the games, they do such a great job of kind of going over uh, different things that the team is going through or things that they're doing good or bad. I just like that they have a good understanding of what people – need to take from a game or what team people need to take from a team. Uh, but but first, let me let me go over this. This is actually from Shane Young. Uh, before last night's game, top 10 half-court defenses after three weeks. That's points per, uh, points allowed per 100 half-court possessions. Wolves are seventh, 87.8. We're seeing improvements on the defensive end. The problem you run into is that when the de- – I mean, even if the defense is really good, if the team can't score, it just isn't going to matter all that much. Because a lot of teams can be good at defense, but they also bring at least passable offense. If the Wolves even had most of their team playing up to what they could be, things would be different. Well, we don't even have that. It's very frustrating from that aspect of things. So let's keep going, though. They show this stat. Three-point comparison between the two teams last night. NBA ranks this season per game. So the Wolves are first in three-point field goal attempts, third in three-point field goal makes. And percentage of points from three, they are second. When you look over at the Warriors, they are second in three-point field goal attempts. They are first in makes. And they are, in percentage of points from three, they are first. 
So one thing that Jim Pete pointed out in this game was, as a goal, can you hold the Warriors to under 16 three-pointers? That's the goal that you're shooting for in this game. Interesting. Um, kind of something to kind of keep in mind as we're going through here. Uh, looking at some other uh, aspects here that I found interesting, kind of going into this game. Or actually, this isn't even going into this game. This is actually after the game. And we'll go, actually, you know what? I'll save this stat for afterwards, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. Let's just start breaking down the game. Early on in this game, it was Wiggins versus Edwards. Wiggins, seven. Edwards, six. Now, obviously, one of them won that battle in the end, and that would have been Ant, of course. But, you know, would you rather win the battle or win the war? And the Warriors, of course, won the war in this instance. Early on in this game, one thing we noticed was it wasn't long. It was like, you know, one or two, maybe three plays. It looked like we were going to get aggressive Jaden McDaniels. And that did not hold. And the question that I posed to you or posed to you is, is the secret to fixing Jaden McDaniels and his foul trouble and things like that, is the secret going to be we just have to replace him? And when I say that, I mean we can't use him at the four. I personally think the key to fixing Jaden McDaniels and his struggles and fixing the team's struggles, we need to be able to move Jaden McDaniels to the three spot, and we need to get a true four. I felt last season we saw that Jaden McDaniels is not a four. He's a three. And I know a lot of big NBA minds, locally and nationally, would agree with that statement. I think that's pretty important to note. I think there's a number of players around the league that fit that bill that you could slide in at that starting four spot, move Jaden to the three, and the team would be so incredibly successful. Whether it's a guy like Brandon Clark, I think he would be a very interesting fit and not super expensive, although if you're Memphis, you, the Wolves just watched Brandon Clark dominate hit us. And so what does that do in terms of his value? I don't really know what the deal is there. I know there was talk that he was going to be or that he had been out of the rotation, and that was even happening last season. Time will tell what happens there, but he's a name to watch. I think another name to watch for, and not necessarily as a starter, or maybe as a starter, I guess I don't know that, but Marvin Bagley is an interesting name, a player that, for anyone that isn't aware of this, when in Monday's game, his recent game, he actually refused to go into the game when Luke Walton called him to go in. He refused to go in. So there's obviously some trouble there. He needs a change of scenery. I'll admit this, coming into the draft that season, I was not high on Marvin Bagley, and I'm not going to claim that I'm high on him now, but it's a low-risk, high-reward type of move, and the Wolves need to make changes. They need to make some changes. Maybe you call the Kings and say, here's the deal. What's it going to take to get Marvin Bagley? Does it? No, I don't know what his, I don't know his contract situation offhand. I'd have to look that up. I don't know what it would take to get him, but is there a move out there that would benefit both teams? A player like a, a like a Torian Prince. Uh, does Jake Lehman get involved? What do we need to do to make something like that happen? The Wolves just need to get bigger. That's the bottom line. Jaden McDaniels at the four is not working. He needs to play the three. I think that's very apparent. Spot minutes at the four based on matchup? Sure, that's fine. I get that. But overall, he's not the answer there. Something needs to change, and I need it to change. And we that aggressive Jaden McDaniels that we saw two games ago, you saw spurts of it in this game, but not consistency. It's still headed, it's still trending in the right direction. I'll give him credit. I'll give the team credit. We're seeing a more aggressive Jaden McDaniels than we did previously, but it's still not enough. 
And I do think a switch of positions would make a big difference. D'Lo, early on in this game, gets his second foul. First one was really stupid. He was just being way too aggressive on the very first possession of the game, being too aggressive playing defense, and it cost him. But the second call was very frustrating because it was not a foul. And, and D'Lo reacted in such, not over the top, but it was very clear that he was like, wow, what else? I don't know what else I could have done. And one of the shots was missed. So what does that tell you? You know, ball don't lie. That's, that's just it. Unfortunately, D'Lo wasn't the only person as Jaden was getting fouls again, two early ones. Wolves are close early on in this game, but the problem you run into is that Curry hasn't even taken a shot yet. So you're saying to yourself, we're losing and Curry hasn't done anything shot-wise. That's a red flag right there. Also in this game, Curry, he had 33 free throws in a row. That streak ended. And not only did that end, he actually missed two free throws. So even a new streak really didn't start, which was very surprising. Definitely an anomaly there. Right off the bat, you're thinking to yourselves, these are some things that are playing into the Wolves' favor, and they can't even take advantage of it. Cat just cannot, again, buy a foul. Same song and dance, game after game. And what's frustrating here, and we've talked about this, on the other side of the coin, Draymond Green is just screaming at the officials constantly in this game. Why is it that players that aren't Cat can yell at the officials, they can do all this different stuff, and they still get calls. And, and again, Cat can't. This is going to be a theme, though, on our show. I like to talk about the fact that people want to hold Cat to a different standard than other players. This is another example of that. Watch the Warriors team. They complain. They complained a lot last night. Doesn't affect the game, though. They still get calls. Just one of those frustrating things as a Wolves fan we've had to deal with. Wolves, by the way, come into the game third in the NBA in second chance points at 15 a game. So that's been a strength for sure. The problem you're into is that we're rebounding the basketball well offensively. Defensively, though, we continue to struggle, and that's very frustrating to watch. Vando, super active, especially on that offensive glass. It's fantastic to see, and in this game, he was fantastic at getting us second-chance shots. J-Mac ends up coming in in that first quarter, and it's frustrating because he didn't play last game, and I thought that was great. You bring him into this game. He didn't play much, but the problem you run into is why is he playing at all? Why are we not seeing Bomaro? Why are we not seeing Jalen Noel? There are better options than Jordan McLaughlin, and to me it just doesn't make sense. Vando, a man possessed is the best way I can put it in this game. Single-handedly, he is keeping us in this one with his motor and his rebounding. I want to add Iggy to the list of complainers on the year. We've made a list. We're checking it twice here. It seems like every single team we play has this list of guys that just complain and never see any repercussions. Iggy's one of them. And anyone that's watched Andre Gudala with the Warriors in the past, now, I mean, he complains. He does. He complains quite a bit. One minute to go in the first quarter. And you have, and a couple things to, to touch on quick, is Edwards was really solid from three in that first quarter. You could definitely see him dialed in. They talked last game about how he's put the work in on film, watching his corner three-point shot. I'm sure he did it from other spots, but you definitely saw in this game he is really starting to improve from distance. Wiggins, though, definitely going for that revenge game. Already 11 points of the team's 21 total points. So there it is there. And how about this? One minute to go in the first, Curry hits his first three. So after all that, Curry hasn't even hit a three yet, and you're still losing 31-28 to 28 after the first quarter. 
starting that second, and unfortunately, another team is on fire, and it's not the Wolves. The Warriors absolutely on fire. And the Wolves, offensively, defensively, they just have nothing at this point. And all of a sudden, they are down 12 points. Jaden Fowles continue in that second quarter as he immediately gets his third. I don't know what it is. He just is so incredibly foul-prone. It's I get it. He's active on defense. Guys that are active on defense, there is a tendency to have them be higher in terms of fouls, but it's so frequent. Again, I think a change in position would make a huge difference there. One thing I noticed in the second, and you'll see this throughout the game, the Warriors and their fans, they never commit a foul. When you watch these games, I and this is not the first year that I've touched on this, but Warriors fans in general, I don't know that they understand how the NBA works. I don't know if they understand what a foul is. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there, but it's as a, as a player on an opposing team, it's frustrating. Josh Okogi is so incredibly frustrating to me. People that say he shouldn't be in the rotation, especially if you're going to be playing Vando, I think are absolutely correct. Every time I want to buy into Josh Okogi and improvements on whatever the area would be, I I find myself being very very frustrated. There was a sequence where he gets the ball. They kind of get it to him. Uh, is in transition. We have another point guard. I can't think of who it was. Might have been Beverly. Might have been Delo actually. Instead of passing it, he looks him off, decides to drive it full court, drive in, and take the... I mean, I can't remember if he actually took a shot or just got the ball stolen. But so many times when Josh Okoge makes the decision to dribble, it's a mistake. I just don't need to see that anymore. And I'll say this. If he needs to be packaged in part of a deal to find some sort of a, a better option at the four, I'm all for it. I like Josh Okoge. I like him as a person. I think he's a great locker room guy. But time and time again, I just feel like he lets the team down and makes bad decisions. I just The low IQ plays that he makes are so frustrating, and that's just something I don't want to watch anymore. Up 16, by the way, Steve Kerr challenges a foul call. And it sure looks like it's going to be overturned. And not only is it overturned, but they call it an offensive foul. And I think that was the right call. A very good job by the officials to get that call right. It was, it was, it was pretty obvious that it was going to be an offensive foul on Patrick. I think it was Patrick Beverly when you see the replay. To me, it was a very good call. I mean, it is what it is. There were times in this game where Patrick Beverly got really frustrated with the officials, and I thought he was wrong. He fouls players, and he gets frustrated by it. But Patrick Beverly needs to understand there's players on this team that actually get called for bad fouls. There's players on this team that actually don't get calls. And when he does that, it's just not helping. When you look at, uh, so Wolves are down 16. And how about, let's look at this. Warriors, 62% from the field at that stage, 37% for the Wolves. You're not winning games when you're doing that. I mean, you're just not. And offense, defense, Wolves bringing basically nothing to the game at this stage. And they are now down 20 points. One positive, Anthony Edwards hits his 200th career three in this game. So he has been very impressive from three early on in his career. Not like lights out, but we're definitely seeing strides. And if he can put that all together, I'm going to go on record and say this. If you told me in the future at some point, Anthony Edwards, there'd be a time where he was considered the best player in basketball, would not shock me. Would not shock me because he's a two. He's able to play two way. If he can get consistent in those areas of his game, the sky is the limit for Anthony Edwards. 
Moving on there, Wiggins kind of posterizes Cat, and he gets to 20 points. It was more of a Cat realized what was happening, kind of moved out of the way, and obviously there's a little foreshadowing there in terms of Wiggins and posters. Four fouls already in the second uh, on Beverly, and he's clearly frustrated. Again, he just doesn't agree with a lot of the calls, but I think most of the time they've been good calls. And, by the way, up to 22 hits another three. And I just watch this game, and I say to myself, I wish anyone else came to play in this game. Wiggins' buzzer beater gets a layup, and it was frustrating because Vando gets a cool, like a really nice steal. He plays some fantastic defense. He scores, and then just like that, boom, Wiggins with the buzzer beater. And yuck. I mean, all I can say about that is yuck. It just was very frustrating. And, and it didn't need to happen that way, but there we are. It did. It happened, and, and what are you going to do? When you look at both teams, in terms of, I guess you call them, if you want to call them the hustle stats, at halftime, they were ahead in every single statistic, whether it's effective field goal percentage, second chance points. It was all Warriors at halftime. The Wolves just didn't seem to come to play as a team at many stretches in that first half. Jumping into the second half, and Wiggins, I don't know if people realize this, he started this game 10 of 10 from the field. Revenge game Wiggins is something that if he could, if there was some way he could just figure out how to do that every game and give that effort every game, he, that's one of the best players in the league, and he just never does it. Carl talked about that in the post game, and we'll, we'll touch on that later, but it's one of those things where if you're a fan of Andrew Wiggins or the fan of the team that he's playing on, you're just so frustrated that he can't figure out a way to get that consistency going. One thing I saw from Ant at times in this game, he has that Shabazz Muhammad yell when he gets fouled to make the refs aware. And I'll tell you this, Shabazz Muhammad, you want to rip him all you want, but the guy could get to the line, and the guy got fouls. He was aggressive. Ant is showing a proficiency there, and whatever he needs to do, if it's yelling, what have you, as long as he gets to the line consistently like he did, that's going to be fantastic for us. You know, I'm watching this game, and if someone told me, how about this, if someone was watching this game, and you ask them, did D'Angelo Russell play? If if you hadn't heard his name, I think at this stage in the third quarter, you might say to yourself, did he play? Like, you'd have to think about it because he's done absolutely nothing in this game. When it when it, when when you're in, I guess this would have been early in that third quarter, just absolutely not there. I, I just don't know what to say about D'Lo. This has been a problem all season. This disappearing act of D'Angelo Russell. You live and die with D'Angelo Russell, whether it's the shots he takes, whether it's his defense, whether it's what have you. There's just so many things that come into play here. And he's such a hot and cold shooter. It's it's incredibly frustrating. I don't know what it's I don't know what it's gonna take to get consistency from him. Jaden in that third gets his fourth foul. And he also, to me, has been non existent in this game. Not a lot of aggressiveness like we talked about earlier. We want him consistently to try to get to the hoop. A lot of what we're talking about with Anthony Edwards, how we want him to be aggressive more so than settling, we need that from Jaden. But Jaden doesn't settle necessarily. Jaden usually only takes shots when he's open. But the issue that you run into with Jaden is that if he was more aggressive and, and worked to get to the hoop, I think that would open things up so much more in many different aspects of uh, the Wolves' offense. Jaden McDaniels doesn't see the ball much, so that's part of the issue too. I don't think we need to dive into that any further. I'm interested to see what adjustments Finch makes or moves that Gupta makes to get us on the right track in that regard. They had a clear path foul. Kind of interesting. 
I think it's the first one that we've seen this year from a Wolves fan or a Wolves uh, game, at least. It was interesting. They kind of break it down. For anyone that doesn't understand the clear path rules, I don't think you're alone. It was very clear the Warriors don't understand the clear path foul. And I'm not going to claim that I'm 100% clear on it because sometimes something that seems like it's obvious is not one. But in this game, they talked about Jim Pete pointed out how Steph Curry was he was even with Patrick Beverly when they made the call. And if you're even or if they're ahead of you, it's a clear path foul. You have to be actually in front of them for it to not be. So that's just one little distinction, I think, when you're watching that. Jim Pete says it best at this point. D'Lo is completely ineffective in this game. And just like that, the Wolves are... So actually, this is how I thought at this point. I couldn't believe this is going to sound crazy. We're down 17 points. And I felt to myself, how are we only down 17 points? That, to me, was very, very interesting. Wolves down 17. We move on, though. Draymond Green at this stage gets hurt. And he is also really mad at someone in their team huddle. I don't know who it was or what it was, but, man, he was so angry at somebody. But he ends up getting hurt, and that really, to me, made a huge difference in this game. I don't know what the I don't know what would, I don't know what the score would have been had things had he stayed in the game to thirty uh, midway through the third, and then Towns is actually able to hit a big three. Wolves are still only down sixteen. I say only, probably because I've watched too much Iowa Wolves basketball and I've seen them come back from whether it's nineteen, whether it's twenty two, and I get that the Wolves in Iowa are different from the Wolves in Minnesota, but still, it's one of those things where. With a lot of time left, you just you just never know. And I'm trying to stay positive. I'm covering this team for nothing but net on Dash Radio. I'm 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 doing what I can to bring you not homer takes. I want to be realistic, but at the same time, I just don't see the benefit to going all negative. To me, it just doesn't make sense. One thing I noticed in this game, Looney gets away with a lot of fouls inside. Uh, he now has 13 rebounds, but if you watch. He gets away with a lot of contact when he's inside. I'm not saying that he's not a he didn't, you know, dominate us in stages of this game and that players needed to do a better job because they did, but something to watch for is he's very physical at times and I definitely think over the back is a call that just doesn't get called enough anymore. And as a, as someone that's not real tall, I personally love the over the back call because if you're being aggressive and you're boxing someone out, you should get the benefit of the doubt. And the funny thing is, there was actually one play, and I, I can't think if it was, I don't know if it was Moody or if it was Looney. I believe it was one of the two got called for a foul just for boxing out, which I thought was very crazy. Anyways, not blaming the refs in this game. That's not why we lost. These are just observations as I'm watching and going through this game. Uh, Curry, I want to add this, Curry and Lucky Shots. This season against the Wolves, star players, or, or sorry, just players in general have been lucky shots. Now, when Curry makes it, it's not lucky. I think we all know that. He's that talented. But it's one of those things where keep that in mind when you're watching us on defense. Sometimes players just are really that good. There's going to be players like that, whether it's Paul George, whether it's Stephen Curry. There are some players in this league that I don't care how good your defense is there's a good chance that their offense is going to be better, and they're going to find a way to score anyways. Russell able to hit 
two straight threes, and just like that, it is a 10-point game. This is exactly what we're talking about. When D'Angelo Russell shows up, when he actually contributes, this team is so much better. It just makes a giant difference. Uh, question about a bounce call by the refs allows Curry a three, and then Towns drives, gets fouled by Belly, and no call. Refs not making the comeback easy. Again, I'm not blaming them, but there were stretches in this game where things could have gone better for the Wolves. One thing I watch when I watch superstar players, there were there were a couple of plays in this game where Steph Curry got the benefit out of the doubt on calls, and they were questionable. They were close, maybe 50-50 kind of calls. I watch the Timberwolves, and anytime it's 50-50 or it's close, it's never called when it's on Towns. Towns just never gets the benefit of the doubt these other players get. And it's it's something that I don't know the fix for. I just have no idea what the Wolves or Towns are, or what can happen to make a change. Him not complaining to the officials has made no difference. Everyone yelled and said, oh, you know, I can't believe that Towns gets mad. I don't know why he can't just be completely different than everyone else and just not have emotions. And it hasn't made a difference. It has not made a bit of difference. The impressive three-point shooting for the Wolves in the third continues as D'Lo hits a three, Ant hits a three, and it is a nine-point game. And then a six-point game as Cat gets doubled but hits up D'Lo, who hits his fourth three in a row. You live and die by D'Angelo Russell. I keep saying it. When he gets hot, he is such a good player. But this season, it's almost rare. It's rarer than rare that he actually gets hot, and that kills it. One thing I want to point out, and if you haven't watched this or if you have the ability to replay back, watch this play. Someone actually came to help for a change, which is great to see because so many times, and by the way, people want to rip Carl Towns for how, what he does in double teams. For anyone that doesn't play basketball or doesn't understand what they're watching, when Carl Towns is getting double teamed or sometimes triple teamed, guess what? Other guys are probably open, but that doesn't matter if they don't come to the ball. It just doesn't make a difference if you're on the other side of the court saying, hey, pass me the ball. I can't pass you the ball. I'm double or triple teamed. In this instance, D'Lo runs over. It took him a while. Got there. Hits the three. Very impressive. And that gets us to within six. Beasley, on the other hand, who, by the way, Malik Beasley was not good in this game. I don't know that he provided us anything positive. Beasley is across the court, throwing his hands in the air and waving frantically, calling for the ball. How can you be that foolish? Why, like, why would you want him to throw that pass? If he makes that pass, it's stolen for sure. Cross-court passes are almost never a good idea, but they're definitely not a good idea when there's two people on the player passing and there's at least one player in between you and him. S making plays like that, Beasley needs to be smarter than that. Calling for a pass, you know what, this is a good example. When you're playing 2K in my player and you call for a pass and it's a bad pa like, like bad call for a pass and you lose a teammate grade or teammate bonus, that's what this felt like when I watched this. Beasley has to be smarter than that. And players in general have to come to Towns when he's getting doubled. They can't just expect him to just be magic. Does he need to be better in the double team? Yes, he does. But it's going to start with other guys moving and coming to the basketball. And Russell and his stupid shot selection, he does a heat check. I'm so sick of this. I don't need anyone on this team taking heat checks anymore. The only player that I think is allowed to do it at this stage is, is Ant. That's it. If Anthony Edwards wants to do some heat checks every now and again, I don't mind it. Although, pick your battles, people. Sometimes we're trying to make this frantic comeback. We have no room for error, and someone on the team takes a heat check. Don't do that. 
Let's just get good shots. I don't think it's that difficult to get good shots if you actually run the offense or you are patient. That's one thing that's just frustrating me. And again, in this game, I've noticed this, and I talked about it last time, but Bally Sports North, they suck at replay. I want to see questionable calls or close calls. There's replay for a reason. Show it. Let me see the plays when there's a call that you know gets Patrick Beverly as fourth foul or whatever, whatever the case may be. In this instance, that's not what happened, but whatever the case may be, I just want to see more and better replays from the Bally Sports North crew. And that's not on Dave and Jim. It's not. Because sometimes they'll call up a play, and the replay pops up, and it's not even the play that they're actually asking for. So that just needs to get better. For me, if I'm sitting at home watching the game, I need that to be better. One very impressive play, D'Lo gets the alley-oop to Ant off the Ant steal. And how about that? It is a four-point game. I felt like at times... Again, 17 points, 19 points. You're saying to yourself, the game's not over. And here we are, four points down. And we're still in the third quarter. A lot of game left. Definitely felt like there was a chance for the Wolves to continue this comeback. But the problem you run into is it's always kind of too little too late at times because it's really difficult, number one, to come back from a really big deficit. But not only do you need to come back from a big deficit if you're going to win a game, you have to then continue to hold them down while you continue to fire on all cylinders. And that's so difficult to do because it takes so much energy to come back. And then I'm, then you're supposed to just keep keep on going through. To me, it's it's so incredibly difficult to do. And this game was a good example of that. Beasley still non-existent in this game other than mistakes and misses. I just watched Malik Beasley and I had talked in past episodes how I felt like he was kind of coming into his own and starting to gain some confidence, getting some good shots. We did not see that in this game. And Malik Beasley needs to be better. We need guys that know how to shoot to remember how to shoot. That's what's going to win us games. That's what's going to make it the change for us. 93-84 is the score after three quarters. The Wolves coming to this game have the worst fourth quarter point differential in the entire league. Minus 71. It's not going to win you games. Bottom line. D'Lo and Ant get both pulled, and Towns is still out. Jim Pete has questions who will score. I had the same questions. I'm wondering to myself watching this. So it's Pat Bev, Beasley, Okogi, J-Mac, and Nas. What even is this lineup? Now, one thing we did get, we got in this lineup some aggressive Jaden McDaniels. And you know what that led to? Two missed layups. Very frustrating there. Too many players in this game were invisible throughout the night. And that was frustrating. By the way, I'm giving my initial reactions for the fourth quarter. And then I actually am going to go break down the fourth quarter a little more in depth right after that. Because so many people pointed out to me and they kept saying, well, Carl Towns didn't do this in the fourth quarter. Carl Towns, his emotions, or Carl Towns, what I was seeing from him was was not the what I wanted to see from him in that fourth quarter. So I wanted to watch him a little more. And I wanted to see where the issues arose from in that fourth quarter. This was a game where we saw a really amazing play. Nas Reed with a, just a fantastic dunk. And they mentioned he has 16 points now. And, and that's one of those games where you, it's a quiet 16 points because I had no idea that he had been that successful in this game. Beasley finally gets on the board, hits a nice two. It's his first make of the game. And now it's a five-point game with 940 to go. They mentioned at one point we switched to a zone. And all of a sudden it's back to 13 again. Why are you switching to a zone when the team you're playing can shoot really well? They're arguably the best shooting team in the league, and we're going to switch to a zone? 
what are you doing? I'm not. I don't want to dare Steph Curry. I don't want to dare anyone on this on the Warriors team to hit shots because you know what they do historically? They hit shots. So that was something that just was very strange to me, uh, very frustrating uh, to watch from. And uh, Jim Pete made a good point here. We talked about how Beasley finally scored, and we've noticed this. And Jim Pete's touched on this a couple times, and it's very obvious. Is Malik Beasley seems to have changed his jump shot, or maybe his legs, maybe he doesn't have the legs full game, but he definitely has a poor shot arc. Right now it's very, very flat, and sometimes that can be, maybe you're not getting down low enough with your legs when you go up. There's so many things that can cause a flat shot, and then you come up short. That is something he needs to address. We talked about Anthony Edwards and how he made some changes after watching film. Malik Beasley should watch some film, figure out what's going on there, fix that shot arc. Speaking of Anthony Edwards, he makes a layup, and he was very unhappy that a foul wasn't called on uh, whoever's guarding him. I didn't catch the foul, but now Edwards is up to 37 points. But here's what I want to touch on. On the play before, Anthony Edwards whacked a guy in the face. I think it was Jordan Poole, maybe. You know what? You're going to complain when you just got away with an um, even more obvious foul. So sometimes you really got to pick your battles. That's that's the one thing I want to talk about, especially, you know, Anthony Edwards, I thought, got a lot of calls in this game. I didn't think that the refs did a poor job. They weren't perfect. There were plays that they they messed up, but for both teams. And so I just don't, I can't sit here and say that that was a real big issue. Jim Pete points it out, and he's, I couldn't agree more. Cat sat for too long in this game. There was a long period of time, and I'll get into that when I dive into the fourth quarter more more in depth, but that was an issue. No more J-Mac. So J-Mac did not play in the second half. Let's keep that a trend, not a mirage. Let's keep that going in future games. I don't need to see J-Mac play anymore. Give me Jalen Noel. Give me Leandro Bormaro. Give me Point Ant. I don't even care. I just don't want to see J-Mac play anymore. And in fact, if, if that's how you make a deal, if that's how you find a way to get a power forward in here, if you need a roster spot, sorry, J-Mac, adios. I just, I, I don't have time for you anymore. I can't do it. An interesting double foul Pat Bev and Iggy, and Bev now has five. I watched that, and in fast motion, I thought the ref did a good job of calling a double foul. They showed the replay, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Iggy did much. Both guys kind of complained about it. Pat Beverly in this game complained a little too much for me, but I, I'm not gonna. I personally am not gonna complain about him because he's done so many great things for the Wolves this season, and he brings a fire and intensity we need. So keep it up, Pat Bev. You got to yell at an official every now and then. You got to get a tech, whatever you got to do. Keep it up. I just think that's one of the you're one of the few players that needs to do that. And by the way, gets a new career high, 43 points, and he gets the game back to seven. And then he talks smack to Wiggins, and all Wolves fans love that. Unfortunately, as everyone knows, it did not pan out in this game. It's great that you're talking smack, but. Is that really the time to do it? We're losing this game. And, and I don't know. I want Ant to do that. It's kind of like Beverly, right? Ant, do whatever you need to do because you're right now, you're one of our best players and you're being successful. And on nights when other guys aren't always stepping up, you have been. So let's keep that going. Nas takes a three and it was in and out. Would have made it four points. And we've seen this after last game and then this game more so even. Nas and Towns, and it sure seems to work. I think it. I think it's something where it's kind of a sneak preview of what if we had a real four? Because Nas Reed and Towns, neither one of them are a true four. So I find that kind of interesting. Get it to five points after a make from Beverly. This was kind of a unfortunate thing. Dave Benz points out, Wolves haven't won in their last nine trips here. Well, it seemed like right after that, 
we really didn't have much. Um, Ant was able to get to 45. Wolves are down seven at that point. Through numerous stretches in this game, the Wolves got lost on defense. And I think part of that is you go down big early, you have to almost be perfect to come back. You're not going to play perfect defense, but you have to if you're going to come back in a game when you're down by that much consistently. Late in this game, impressively, Edwards gets his first foul, and that was not because he was not aggressive. He was aggressive on offense. He was aggressive on defense. One of his best games as a Timberwolf here. So to have him get a first foul that late was very impressive. Curry, by the way, in this game, ties for most threes, including the postseason. He was very impressive. Wiggins able to make it a 13-point lead as he hits a three, and that is all she wrote. More happened in the game, and I'm going to dive into that now. I wanted to re-watch the fourth quarter because so many people were calling out Towns for his... I, I can't, I can't like, his body language, I guess, would have been how some people were putting it. So let's uh, jump into that fourth quarter. Early on, Wolves were getting stops, or at least Warriors missing, but no one in the weird starting lineup could score... Or, in that weird lineup that we had out there where it was J-Mac, Pat Bev, Nas, Akogi, that whole that whole lineup was just weird. I don't know who's supposed to score in that lineup. Oh, and Beasley, I think, was the other guy in there. But they somehow were able to get it to within five, and then the Warriors call a timeout. At that point, if I'm Finch, I say, all right, we got away with this weird lineup. Let's change things up. What I would have liked to see is I want to put Cat in, take Jaden out, because I didn't think Jaden was being very very effective on either end of the court. He missed those two layups, which is very frustrating. But instead, uh, we make no change. And out of the timeout, Warriors get a three, and just like that, they're back up eight. And to me, the difference between five and eight, I get it's only a three-pointer, but mentally it just seems so much different. It's very similar to when you talk about 14 versus 15 points. For whatever reason, 15 points to me always seems like such a big lead. And 14 for whatever reason, it, to me at least, mentally it seems like it's it's definitely attainable. So very interesting there. Ant throws the ball away, a bad pass. Warriors get another three, and just like that, the Warriors are up 11. Changes finally get made, but at this point we're down 13 with 8.21 to go. I wanted Cat to come in sooner. Jim Pete talked about it. We needed Cat to be in there, and we just didn't do it soon enough. It's 15 after Beverly just stands around as his man flies in for the putback. So Beverly's guarding the three-pointer. I think it was Jordan Poole takes the three-point shot. Ant, or, um, Beverly does a great job of closing out, and then he stands there with his hand in the air while Jordan Poole runs in, grabs the rebound, and scores a basket. Patrick Beverly, what are you doing? I love Patrick Beverly. I think he's brought a lot to this team, but mistakes like that are why we're losing basketball games. You cannot just stand there. You need to be involved. Very frustrating seeing that. Edwards, five straight, almost seven straight, but he drove in one on three and got to the hoop, but it was a tough finish. He just barely missed. This goes back to what I talked about earlier. It's kind of a heat check thing. Edwards felt, I think, it seemed to me like he felt like no one else on the team was really doing much, and he wasn't wrong, but he takes it in, and it doesn't pan out, and this happened a few times in the fourth quarter. Curry misses a shot, and as you're watching, it should have been easily a Towns rebound, but a weak box out at best. Looney's able to tip it away, and that led to that double foul, and that was Pat Bev's fifth foul. Carl Towns needs to be more aggressive boxing out. It was very weak, and Kayvon Looney, I'm sorry, but he was going to get the rebound, or he was going to make it more difficult. He ends up tipping it away, and it leads to the fifth foul by Beverly. Little things like that add up. You have to box out. 
I just can't have that. A shot goes up, there's just no excuse not to put a body on someone. Nas, though, able to get a great look after that. And honestly, the Wolves have contested on defense well in this quarter, and that's what got them to that possession. Shot gets halfway down, pops out, and that would have made it four with 5.27 to go. Good shot. So down the stretch, I thought the Wolves took some good shots. Not easy shots necessarily, not like wide-open shots, but I thought they were good shots, and we just didn't have... We didn't have the luck that we really need. Problem, Towns doesn't box out. This time, it's Iggy, but the miss, is, miss goes over the basket, and if it hits the top of the backboard, it's out of bounds. Very fortunate there. Otherwise, Iggy was in position. And it was a goofy play where Towns fell, because he does that a lot, as everyone knows, on offense. And he he got back. It was a very quick... So I watched it. I actually watched it back like two or three times to watch kind of the timing of everything. And a three-point shot went up. Carl Towns easily could have gotten in there for the rebound. He just wasn't aggressive. He just did not give the effort that you need to do. So that's something where I need more from Carl Towns. I didn't notice body language issues in the fourth quarter like some people had pointed out to me. He needs to be better there. He needs to be aggressive. I, I thought he was better than people gave him credit for in this game. But that's an example where there's no excuse not to be, especially Iggy, you have the size advantage on him. There's no reason why you can't be boxing these guys out, and it makes a big difference. Our next play down the court on offense, Enrique gets shoved in the back, no call. We're able to get the board, though, and Bev scores. But my question is, how is a shove like that miss where the player is basically thrown out of bounds? Again, not a big deal. Didn't really impact the game necessarily, but I don't want to see a guy get hurt or something along those lines if it doesn't have to happen. Let's just call fouls. That's it. Five-point game at this point in the fourth. And again, so far overall in this game, or in this fourth quarter in my rewatch, I didn't feel like I saw Pouty play from Cat. Just needs to be more active on the glass. He needs to be more aware. Uh, Beverly and Reed, defensive confusion gives Looney an easy make. The players, to me, need to play harder. It was so lackadaisical. It's one of those things where Steph Curry is running and he's going to kind of rub his guy off. And what happens is... When, when the screen hits, Nas Reed could have easily gotten in there and defended, and he just didn't do it. He just didn't give the effort. Then you have Bev drives in, takes a really stupid off-balance contested shot at the rim. Meanwhile, Nas Reed is in the corner wide open for a corner three, and this right here is the selfish basketball that Finch talks about. And it's not even a heat check because Patrick Beverly hadn't been shooting well. If you're going to win basketball games, you need to be smarter than this, and it just was very frustrating to see. Uh... I, well, here's a question. How is Nas Reed supposed to guard Andrew Wiggins? Especially when Wiggins gets a push-off for separation. And I don't know if it was a foul, and I would challenge people to go back and watch. It's just interesting because there was this play, there's a play later on I'll touch on, where the player gets a push-off. It clearly creates separation. It wasn't full arm extended, though, which tends to be where that gets called, but it, but it makes it a little tough. But if you add that in, even if that didn't happen... Do I think Nas Reed can effectively guard Andrew Wiggins? No, I can't. He can't. So to me, you're just setting yourself up for disaster if you have a defensive scheme that is setting you you up for a change like that. And it wasn't even, if I recall, Nas Reed took him right off the bat. And that's that's just not a recipe for success. It's just not going to work. And just like that, we're down nine with four minutes to go. Up until this point, we talked earlier how the point differential, the Wolves were worse in the league. Right here, in the, at this point, four to go, 16 to 16 in the fourth. So if you want to take some positives there, at least we were able to stick with them. And it points to the fact that if you had done more to start the game, you wouldn't be in this position. Ant drives. 
Actually, before I talk about that, let's talk about, uh, yeah, Ants with the drive. And seven is the, the score again. We're only down seven. Needs to keep up this driving every game. Are we going to see this? Can we take that from this game? I wish I could find the quote, but Anthony Edwards in his post-game presser, he touched on this, how uh, he felt like he needed to do this. This is how he's going to be successful, something along those lines. And so if he can, if he can continue this, then we can get at least some sort of positive out of this game where you say, all right, Anthony Edwards scored 48 points efficiently. And if this leads to him saying, all right, I'm going to drive every game. I'm just going to take over games. Let's see it. And by the way, when this game ends, guess who's in the top 10 in the NBA for scoring per game? That's Anthony Edwards. That's, that's, that's no small feat, let me tell you that. Nas, by the way, lazy again on a weird slip screen, gets Wiggins and easy too. I'm surprised more people aren't talking about Nas Reed. People want to rip Carl Towns in this game. Nas Reed, I thought Nas Reed had a good game. But in the fourth quarter, when you're trying to make this comeback, you're trying to find a way to win this game. And Nas Reed had multiple possessions where his just lackadaisical defense cost us and gave the Warriors two easy points. So let's say that's two possessions. That's four points. And now two more possessions where Patrick Beverly did the same thing. And right away, that's eight points right there. That's an eight-point swing. That's a game changer. Little things like that add up when you're trying to come back. Or even if you have a lead. How many times have we seen the Wolves have an eight- or nine-point lead and they blow it in the fourth quarter? There's a reason why we have the worst point differential in the NBA in the fourth quarter. It's because of plays like this. You cannot take plays off. Antho, able to drive again, gets fouled, makes one of two free throws. And then Curry does Curry things. He pushes off, no call. This is very similar to the Wiggins thing. I don't know if it's a foul. It's just kind of a goofy play. And, of course, he's able to hit the easy two, puts it up to 10. And he must have had, like, one foot on the line because, to me, it looked like a three, actually, in fast motion. And then Ant tries to do a little too much, unfortunately. I don't blame him necessarily, but he does drive again on multiple players, and he gets the ball stolen. Ant was trying to do too much at times in this game. He felt like he needed to. I can't hold it against him. Ant was fantastic in this game. Wiggins hits a three in Towns' face. It's a tough matchup, though. Towns has to guard the three and watch for the drive, and historically, you'd rather Andrew Wiggins shoot the three-pointer, but it just was his night. He clearly had this vendetta he wanted to settle. He wanted to beat Towns. That's where we're at. You know, people want to rip Towns for the Wiggins poster. I want you to watch that play back. Because that play only happens because Patrick Beverly just stands there and does absolutely nothing again, allowing his man a wide-open run down the court. When he does this, it's out of, so it's out of an inbounds play. He just decides, I'm not going to play any defense. I'm just going to stand here. His guy runs down the court. D'Lo then tries to guard two different players. And yes, of course, I'll add in Towns, if he boxes out, then we aren't even having this conversation, but the same can be said for Patrick Beverly. Guys, we can't take plays off. And this is why, you know, I saw someone point out that they were upset that the Wolves had skipped a practice to do some film session. This is why I think film session is important. I want Chris Finch to get these players to understand you can't take plays off. You can't just arbitrarily not give effort on a play. Towns did it. Uh, Nas Reed did it. Patrick Beverly did it. This cannot continue to happen. Very frustrating. And this was a common issue, Carl Towns, and boxing out in the fourth quarter. That was my red flag for him, and that needs to change. Ant again tries to take on the whole team, gets it stolen again, and I feel like that's kind of a, a good place to end here. Unfortunately, the Wolves just did not have enough to finish off what was at least a, a good effort comeback. You'd love to see them give that kind of effort the entire game. It just did not happen. Final score in this one was 123-110. to 110. 
I think there's an argument that this game was both not as close as the score says and maybe closer than the score says. It just depends on what portion of the game you were watching. Edwards with an efficient 48 points. You should never lose a game where one of your players scores 48 points efficiently. And not only did he do just that, 7 of 13 from 3, 9 of 12 from the free throw line. Now, I will say this. What's it going to take for Carl Towns to get the same love from the officials? What's it going to take? Because Carl Towns didn't get a single free throw. You're telling me he wasn't fouled shooting? I, I don't buy that for a second. I just I don't do it. You know, you look at interesting things. Carl Towns a plus two in this game. Tells you the ineffectiveness of plus minus in single game sets, but it still, again, tells a story. So Carl Towns in his minutes, when he played, the Wolves were plus two. That that is something. It's not nothing. It can't it can't be nothing. I just don't I don't believe that. Although again, Anthony Edwards was minus three in his minutes. I think part of that was the people he played with. There was that stretch in the fourth quarter where he kind of got stunk. He kind of got stuck with that weird lineup, and we we stuck with Towns on the bench for too long. I think things like that play a role in what happens. Again, Jordan McLaughlin was a plus three. Jordan McLaughlin didn't play well. So again, it's all taken with a grain of salt. You look at uh, Nas Reed, a minus 19 in his minutes. Very strange there. Again, I like to point these numbers out, but they don't mean much. Plus minus in single game sets is pretty worthless. It just helps to add uh, to the storyline of this game. But 16 points for Nas, which was nice to see. Two assists, seven rebounds. I mean, you'll take that, right? But as a team, you need to rebound the basketball better. 23 rebounds, or sorry, 23 defensive rebounds in this game. And then you look over at the, the other side of the basketball. So you had 23 rebounds. That's great, right? You're saying, uh, that's pretty good. But offensively, you allowed 20 offensive rebounds to the Warriors. That cannot happen. Offensively, you know, you look at the Wolves, 18 offensive rebounds. You say to yourself, it's pretty good, right? But you look at the defensive rebounds, 33 for the, Wiz- for the Warriors, 53 total rebounds. And how many did the Wolves have 41. You got killed on the glass. That can't happen. This need The team needs to be better rebounding. And I think part of that is going to be we have to see some changes. Sasha Gupta has to get on the phone. He has to figure something out. We need to get bigger. Whether it's Brandon Clark, whether it's someone else, a move needs to be made so we can move Jade McDaniels to the three. And I think it's going to make life better for everybody. I really do. Carl Towns did add 12 boards in this game, five offensive rebounds. This is a team that rebounds the ball well offensively, but defensive rebounding is a huge issue, and I think it's going to continue to be until we alter our roster. I think the construction of our roster is just a little goofy right now, and we need to make some adjustments there. Andrew Wiggins was, of course, the man of the hour. 35 points, so impressive. Steph Curry gets you 25. You expected that, but 35 from Wiggins, two steals, four rebounds. A lot to like, right? Four of four from the free throw line. He was three of six from three, 14 of 19. Talk about efficiency, 74% from the field. You know, he wanted it more. He's a player that finds games that he wants to win more than the other team. He finds games that he feels the team has wronged him in some way, and he steps up to another level. Sorry, Warriors fans. I just don't see any way you ever get that consistently. We've been waiting for it for years, and it never happened. So good luck to you there. Again, the final score in this one, 123-110. to The Wolves do fall. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Howl. Thanks for listening on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. 
We are the Howl, your source for news and notes in regards to the Timberwolves main franchise and the Iowa Wolves as well as we fully cover that team also. If you missed any portion of this show on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, make sure you subscribe to us. We'd love you to listen on whether it's Spotify, Podient, whether it's Stitcher. We are available on iTunes. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are going to be found there. And until next time, let me get a howl.